2 Samuel chapter 11, let's start in verse 1. In the springtime, at the time when the kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Reba. But David remained at Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanness, and she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, I am pregnant. Go to verse 14. If you're all there, say amen. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. So just to fill in the blank, he asked Uriah to come back, tries to get him drunk, tries to get him with his wife so that she would get pregnant or think that she did so that he could cover over the fact that he committed adultery and is pregnant with his child. So he would not. And in the morning after Joab woke up, David wrote, wrote a letter sent to Joab through Uriah. Uriah is the one that was the husband. Verse 15. In it he wrote, put Uriah in the front where the fighting is fierce, then withdraw from him so he'll be struck down and die. Wow. I mean, kind of crazy. So Uriah carries his own death sentence in a note that he wouldn't read, of course, being a faithful man and soldier, delivers it. And the note says, oh yeah, put me to the front and then back away so I can get killed. It's, it's, it's a death notice. Verse 16, while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at the place where he knew the strongest defenders were. And when the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men of David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah, the Hittite, died. Go to chapter 12 now. And verse 11 at 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 11. This is what the Lord says, out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you before your very eyes. I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. And David said to Nathan, the prophet who's prophesying him, over him. I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord, is, the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die. Let's pray. Pretty sober passage of scripture. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Come and speak to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We live uh, in a very polluted world. Um, it's astounding to me the levels of pollution that seem to rise every year. But where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. And uh, I'm certainly not a glass half full guy. I'm a resurrection power of God, raise the dead, heal the sick guy. And that Jesus is on the throne, the devil's been defeated guy. The whole world needs Jesus. The whole world needs the power of God. And it needs salvation and healing and deliverance. 
Jesus is bigger than opioids. Jesus is bigger than depression. Jesus is bigger than the heart problem that's happening right now for a beloved brother. Maybe he's even healed right now. I'm just telling you, Jesus is bigger. Someone say, Jesus is bigger. The Lord is bigger. And yet, at the same time, you have to have a very clear plan for your family, for your life, to how to stay free from the assignment of the enemy that would love to come and pick you off, wipe you out, steal your stuff, and kill you. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the devil comes to do. We've got to protect our lives, but not live a life underneath the kitchen table or under the covers, waving a white flag, hoping for Jesus to come and rescue us. We need to walk in authority, but we need to walk in wisdom also. David is this great warrior, and he's a warrior for God, of course. And when you read this text, he has great sin. So here's this great man of God, and he falls uh, because of his lust for another man's wife, and he commits adultery. Wow. Her pregnancy causes him to have Uriah. This is one of David's mighty men to have Uriah killed. And, uh, and God exposes his sin through Nathan the prophet. And this, this prophet comes, and, and it would be worthy of reading the entire passage because, because what it'll do is it'll really give you a full picture of, uh, of the courage of the Lord for this man, this prophet Nathan, who comes and tells his story. And, and he confronts the king and says, Thou art the man. And, and King David could have just killed him and moved on, but he, but he didn't. He, he had a, a heart for the Lord, which is kind of amazing because his heart for the Lord committed adultery. You know, that's the part of his heart that wasn't for the Lord, but, but he was tender in that he repented, which is kind of amazing. So as, as sin is exposed by the prophet Nathan, David repents. David's sin has consequence. I, I hate this part. I love the fact that we can be forgiven. I love the fact that we can be cleansed. Consequences I don't care for. Um, I remember being newly saved many years ago. My mother saying, son, listen to me. You've sowed a lot of bad seeds. I'm like, I know, mom. I know. She's like, well, you need to, sow, you need to pray for a crop failure. I'm like, okay, I understand that. I, I grew up in a in an agricultural community working on a potato farms and Arabian horse farms and, and all of that and, uh, and corn fields. And so I'm gonna understand crop failure. I got that. And that's exactly what I want. Come on, some of you put some stuff in the spiritual ground that you should pray that it fails. Come on, Lord. <laughs> Let those seeds shrivel up and die. Well, David's sin had consequences. God is demeaned. God was demeaned by what he did because he was a leader. God was demeaned. Personal judgment. The son, his, the son is born through Bathsheba. The son would die. And that was a, a picture of judgment. Family judgment comes. There's a curse that would be on his children. And I thank God that we can live, that we live in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, that, that Jesus became a curse for us. And I've been having some debates, some vigorous debates with people about whether a Christian can be cursed or not. Um, let me just say that a Christian can have whatever they want. And the real question is this. Of course, I'm preaching. It's my church. You might not agree. Those of you online and those that I've been debating you with, but, but this is what I believe. So I get, to, I get to teach you what I believe. But you go study 
and, and yourself to show yourself approved. I believe the question is this, can a Christian sin? Yes or no? So if you can sin, then you can open the door to the enemy. And if you live a habitual life of sin, then you're going to, all right, what about, what about that sin that, you know, I blew it today. All right, well, repent. I, I'm not saying it's the first sin that you do that the devil then can come and curse you. But, you know, you need to be sensitive and careful and live a life of repentance. There is a one-time conversion, but it's a lifestyle of repentance that we all need to live. We all need to live that. All right, but if you continue in your sin and you harden your heart and you continue to do that thing, then you're going to end up cursing yourself. That's what I see in Scripture. So you're, you're received the grace in God in vain concerning that. And oh yeah, you might, might be going to heaven, you believed in Jesus, but you, you can end up cursed. Listen, if you stay in your lust, you stay in your greed, the devil, you know, he's excited about it, but God's not going to wink his eye at you. Yeah, you're right. All right, so you have to deal with those things. And so which, what's the final sin that caused you to be cursed? I've got no idea. I don't know. I just don't want it. Right, so I'm going to live holy. And, then, and, then, and, 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 if I, and when I blow it, and I don't, I don't mean like hard, I have no plans of going and, and doing anything like David. I have plans not to do that. He said, whoa, you're a man of God. You'd never do that. I all kinds of men of God that do this very same thing this guy did, the very same thing David did. You think, well, I'll never do that. You don't know what is in your heart. So you have to set your life up in a, such a way that you're protected to, from the pollution out there. But this family curse comes. The family curse comes. And uh, you, can, you can read this and study it out. Amon, David's, Ammon, David's eldest son, rapes his half-sister. This is what one of David's sons does. He rapes his half-centered David's daughter, Absalom's sister named Tamar. So Tamar gets raped. Absalom murders Ammon. Wow, in the family here. Absalom overthrows David's throne and commits adultery with David's concubines. That's where he says, and another one close to you will sleep with your wives in full view. And that's exactly what Absalom does. I mean, the very declaration of the prophet Nathan comes to pass. And Absalom is killed in the war that, that reigned David's throne and, re, that, and that regained David's throne. Solomon, who uh, reigns after David, has a serious lust problem. Where did you get that from? He had a thousand wives. A thousand. I said a thousand wives. I mean, a, a thousand. I didn't say a hundred. One thousand wives. I mean, how does he even... I have a challenging time memorizing all the names of the people of our church. Hey, he's always got wives. He doesn't even know. Which one is this? I mean, he really had issues. He did. He had issues. What issues did he have? He had a major lust problem. Major. I mean, a thousand wives. One for every day of the week. And, and then still he has a few years before. Come on. Somebody said he had issues. And he ended up consulting the dead and doing all kinds of incredibly insane things. But a generational sin is passed on to Solomon, I believe. And the kingdom is split. How does this happen? And I, I, I've talked about this before. I've got a message called uh, um, uh, Building the Hedges. Hedges. 
in your life, hedges of protection. I want to take this a little bit differently, but it's hard for me not to look exactly at it. First of all, it's a demonic trap. Now, don't be so arrogant and prideful to think that the devil hasn't set a trap for you because he has. There's traps everywhere. I'm not afraid of them, but I'm also not stupid. I might have fallen off a turnip truck, but it wasn't yesterday. Yeah, it's a demonic trap. I mean, what are the chances that there's a woman bathing outside right then when he looks out the window right on time? What, what, what are the chances of that? It's a setup. Now, I've heard it preached, which is fascinating. We, we know whose daughter this is, uh, Bathsheba. I think it's Eliam, or you can go look. I'm mispronouncing it, but it's, it's one of the leadership families. So in all honesty, I believe that David knew exactly who it was because I think he had his eye on her for a long time. Now, let me just tell you this. If you look too long, brother, you're on a hook real strong. You can't help yourself and the birds flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest. And I believe that David had his eye on her. I believe that David was maybe fighting it or resisting it. We don't know for sure. We just know, I know definitely it was a demonic trap. I'm going to tell you one of the things that will liberate you from these traps. Let me just tell you flat out an application. Trade in the inferior stuff for the superior. Amen. What are you talking about? There are inferior pleasures that come from your flesh. And there are superior pleasures that come from God. And if you can learn to experience the power of God and the resurrection and intimacy with Him in such a way, it far far makes the other things the other things pale in comparison to experiencing the power of heaven in your life i said the other things all other things pale in comparison to experiencing jesus and his power he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do it says when the at the springtime when kings are supposed to go out to war and i i can't help but talk about that as being a hedge of protection but not doing what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to be where? He's a king, springtime, kings go to war. Where was David? David's home. There is a protection that comes to your life by doing the will of God, by serving God, by being on the cutting edge of faith. Listen, it's not so much fun sometimes. I'm going to tell you, for me, there's certain things. I can't deep, no matter how tired I am. I mean, there can be moments of rest. And, but listen, you can take a vacation that can be so long you backslide. Some of you are like, I, I, I just need a vacation. You, well, maybe not. A lot of Christians taking a lot of vitamins and trying to eat right, and they're still weary, they're still tired, and they still have no power, no zeal. All of that, I mean, you've got to eat right. I do believe in, I think, I think Americans' urine is the most expensive urine in all the world because they probably take so many vitamins and don't eat right and just goes right down the old flusher. That's an isolated hole. Just enjoy that right over here. Did he say urine? Yes. All kinds of people running after things to get healthy, but their, their lifestyle and their, their walk with the Lord is so uh, beyond, beneath the, the declared word of God and their identity they don't know, so they struggle with all kinds of stress and striving. And There's a place of rest, labored to enter into his rest. There's a place of rest that comes from the Lord that, that no vitamin can give you. So he, he was supposed to go out to he was supposed to go out to war, but he didn't. He stayed back. Psalm 16 would be uh, good to take note of. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. 
At your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. I remember talking to Dr. Morocco when the marijuana thing was really red hot. We fought against that, and I'd like to think that we had some effects. We'll continue to stand against everything that's not right, biblically, no matter what people vote in. You can't vote on right or wrong. Right or wrong is in Scripture. So we'll stand against and fight against everything that's not right and, uh, and, and do it lovingly and Christ-like and, and with violence. I mean, the spiritual violence. Don't get me wrong. Forcefully. Amen. Um, I remember talking to Dr. Morocco, and I heard some argument from somebody that was so ridiculous that I wanted to laugh about it. It probably should have made me cry, but instead I laughed. And the, the argument was this, and I shared it with Dr. Morocco. I want to tell you what he said. So the argument was, oh, they had marijuana in the Garden of Eden, and Adam smoked pot. I just thought, what? That is so stupid. So I told Dr. Morocco, and he just said, well, why would he, why would he do it? He had the glory of God. I mean, walk with God in the cool of the day. I mean, why, why, would, he, why would he do that? Yeah, he would. What are you saying? I'm telling you, if you experience the holy smoke, you won't be smoking dope. I'm just telling you. Does that make sense? When you Listen, when you experience God's glory, you will not go for the inferior stuff. You say, well, how do I, how do, I do that? Well, very clearly, I mean, you got to repent. you got to give your life to Jesus. I mean, it's like we, could just, we could just end the message now and give you a couple points, but there's some more in here. You, you won't fall victim to the assignment of the enemy, your lust, or your greed, when you, when you have fascination with the throne of God. When you're fascinated with God. Why would, you, why would you undermine that? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade the peace and the joy. For anything. You, could, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't pay me. You'd have, to, you'd have to take my life. I ain't doing it. I ain't ever going back. I've tasted of the goodness of the things of the Lord. At His right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. I'm telling you, there's a place in God if you'll practice His presence and press in and take your thoughts captive and learn to how to, to, to host his, his power and His presence in your life. Man, you could fall out all by yourself on your bed and let Him go into visions and dreams all by yourself. You don't even need somebody to lay hands on you. I mean, you don't seek to, you don't seek to remove darkness out of a room by opening a window and throwing it out with buckets. You turn the lights on. The glory of God, you turn the power on. You turn God's power on in your life. God created us with a longing for divine pleasure, to be fascinated, to be awestruck. I, I've talked about this before, and I'm, I'm heading back in that way. I, you know, the entertainment industry has captured the awe of our, our, our children, our youth. Shoot, I love a good action movie, I'm just telling you. Why is that? Because it just reminds me of heaven, and I just get, yes! Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The entertainment industry has captured all the, 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 all the amazing effects that they have on film and everything. It's just astounding. It is astounding. But it's a cheap substitute for the real thing that's available for every blood-washed believer. Paul's preoccupied and fascinated by the knowledge of God. 
That's why he said things like in Philippians 3.8, I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. All things lost? All things lost? Wow. That entertainment industry desires to just capture your heart, that wow factor. And it's just going to get bigger and bigger and more intense and brighter and more like supernatural to try to capture you. But you can't be captured by that. And I believe in the same way, there'll be the grace and the power of God resting on the church of the living God that grows with increased visitation. Hallelujah. Let's get to your notes. Not being in the place that he was supposed to be, right? He was supposed to be at war. He didn't do that. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we, we have a tendency to sin because we believe that there will be pleasure provided that's superior to whatever we're doing. Let me say that again. Your desire for sin in your mind, you think that it's actually going to... Are you all listening? I'm trying to help you. It's such a simple message, but it's so profoundly true. Your desire to sin in your heart, you think it's going to give you pleasure that brings like a oh, satisfaction somewhere. Oh, but it doesn't. Oh, oh, yes, it does. Oh, no, it doesn't. It does temporarily. It has momentary pleasure, obviously. But at the end, it reaps death. So sin is a wrong, it's an attempt to try to get a real need met. You see, you really want to experience peace. You, want to, you really want to experience fascination, joy, exhilaration. You want to experience that. Is that wrong? It's wrong if you get it met outside of God. But met inside of God, it's absolutely right. It's absolutely right. Ephesians 4.22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13.3. But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. So that no one may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Here's what John Piper said. Sin is what we do when our hearts are not satisfied with God. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with Him. I'm going to say that again. Sin is what we do when our hearts are not satisfied with God. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied with Him. He's not in the place that He should be. He should be at war, yes, but, but under the shadow of His wings. I guess the thing for me in my life that, that I've found, and I'm just, just kind of conversationally ministering to you tonight, is that if you'll put yourself in a position to receive from him, he will visit you in a way that you have never experienced before. And if you're anything like me, I have a tendency to like, you know, be a little ADD. Squirrel! Or HD ADD. That's high def. But I'm told by my beloved friend that some of those people are the most intelligent in the whole world. I'll take that. I don't claim to be the most intelligent, but the one thing I have figured out 
I'm going to forget that which lies behind, and I'm pressing on with the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And it is, it is, it is not some intellectual ascent that's gotten me to a place of, of loving God more than everything else. It's because it's he touched me in a way that nobody else could. And my eyes have somehow been opened, and, I, and half the story is yet to be told that I know I might be at ankle deep level, but I sure love the ankle deep. I mean, God, I all want to go deeper in you. God has a plan for you, but you can, don't yield to the inferior pleasures. You're being cheated. Come on, the, counter, the devil comes to counterfeit the things of God. There's all kinds of hyper grace out there and anything that causes you, I said it this way, that anything that causes you to live in compromise, any message that you hear that teaches you you can live in greater compromise with regards to holiness and be okay with God is not from God. You see, so I just got to be righteous. Listen, there's Pharisees that... that, that did all the right things, but their heart was far from the Lord. The righteousness that comes by the blood of Jesus, that imputed righteousness, that's what we, you need that first. And then when your eyes are open to his amazing love for you, you'll just want to please him. But if you're spiritually bored, if you're bored spiritually, I'm telling you, the problem is not in heaven. The problem is, the problem is with you. With me, if you get spiritually bored, then you have to like examine your life. A spiritually bored believer, uh, is, says Mike Bickle, is, is a weak believer. So if you're bored, I mean, that's just like you can't, there should be an anticipation for church. Just be like, ooh, ooh, it's Wednesday, gonna go to church. Ooh, it's Sunday morning. Ooh, there should be this sense like that. There should be a sense like, well, I can't wait to get back and, and, and read my Bible. Amen. Are you serious, Pastor Daniel? Yes. I am. I am serious. Some of you listen to so much secular music and you, leave, you read Harlequin romance novels and you end up seeing the very stuff that's in the music and on the book play out in your own home because you're feeding yourself with drama. You're feeding yourself that which is not from God. Right. Listen, what you feed yourself on, you will become. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If your fr best friend is a Harlequin novel, you got, you know, I'm sure they got some other nasty stuff out there now. I've counseled people, you know, it's been a little while. I don't think soap operas are all that big now. Are they? It's been a little while since I had this happen, but it, but we, we, I had this, this happened more than once uh, where. Somebody was just like, I know he's cheating on me, or I know she's cheating. It was mostly women, honestly, in this case, but men are guilty of other things. This woman, woman was convinced her husband was cheating. He swore up and down that he wasn't. And, and come to discover as we walk through some healing and walk through, you know, him was not exactly being Christ-like to his wife, but he wasn't cheating, but she was convinced he was. She was also watching these these drama all day days of the idiots <laughs> days of pagan morons as hell turns you know and 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 what begins to happen is it it began to fabricate these things within her but guys do the same thing just differently how about get in the word 
Get in God's word. Begin to meditate on it. Chew on it. You say, well, that's not as fun. It's just you're not as patient. Be, be a little bit more patient. Set your heart to seek him. And I'll tell you what will happen. He will show up. I challenge you. Listen, I heard this before, and it took me a little while to do it, honestly. I heard this before. It was some great man of God said, if you really get serious with God, and you put yourself in a room, and you lock the door behind you, and you say to the Lord, I'm not leaving until you show up, and you're serious about it, get yourself a little jug of water and a busman's helper or whatever you got to get. Went right over your heads, hallelujah. Get yourself, I don't know, whatever you got to get. Get yourself in the room. Piano, please. Can, can I have my beautiful daughter on the piano? It's her last service. Thank you. Somebody switch with the camera. So she'll be back at Christmas time, going off to university. Have you, have, listen, have you ever, yeah, praise the Lord. Have you ever done that? I mean, it's rhetorical, which means don't, you don't have to shout out or say no or anything. But, but, but really, have you ever... Have you ever gotten to the place in the Lord where it's like, I'll just tell my own story, okay? I got to the place where uh, numerous times. I got to the place where I just, either this is all a, a joke Either everything we read in the Bible, I mean, I, I had a lot of knowledge and stuff when I was growing in the things of God, but in my heart, I'm saying, now let me see. I'm living for you, I'm tithing, I'm giving, and I'm still, it's like, it's like there's a devil hindering me, and I know it's not you, and it's not breaking. So I got to that place a few, numerous times, and I shut myself in with God. And in my heart, I, I said to the Lord, I told, my, told Pastor Karen, um, I'm not coming out of this place until you come. And either you're God or you're not. And I'm not leaving until you show up and rebuke me, correct me, heal me, whatever you want to do. But I'm not getting up until you come because I'm confused and I don't see this New Testament stuff in my life. You say, well, that's like, I don't want to talk to God. Look, he knows what you're thinking anyway. And, 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 and looking out the window, you know, he was at a modern-day peep show. There's more men addicted and, and women addicted to pornography. It's because they have not experienced the superior pleasures of heaven. That's why. So they're trying to look at something else. And try to, it's a spirit releases the same drug, they say, in your, in your mind. So have you done that? I mean... Try that. So I can't, I can't get the breakthrough. I just, why isn't God, how about shut yourself in a room? Get yourself a gallon of water. Oh, I'm not, I don't want you to die early. So, you know, if you got medical conditions, you make sure the doctor's okay with that or whatever. But I mean, how serious actually are you? Really? No, really. Do you really want to see God's power in your life? Or are you content with watching this, you know, as hell turns? And I will tell you, you'll never, ever be disappointed. Oh, he might not come in the first hour. 
What do you mean by come? Oh, you'll know what I mean when he comes. What do you mean by come? When he lights that place up, wherever you are, there's a bright light maybe or a wind that blows. He's, he's so awesome, he never comes in the same way. He visits you as you, you've been praying so long and fasting and you just can't stay awake anymore, so you fall asleep and he comes to you in a dream. He says, I've heard everything you've been talking about. Oh, what do you mean when he comes? I don't know. When he comes, he comes. He's, he's God. He, he comes in all kinds of different ways. Maybe he'll send an angel to you. I've, I've had that happen. I've, I've been rescued by supernatural power. I've had angels come and rescue me. Say, really, how do you know? Because I know. How do you know? I know. I don't talk a lot about that. My point is, is you're going to keep looking out the window and you're going to keep yielding to the demonic trap if you don't set your heart. I'm trying to tell you there's something way better. That something is the kingdom of God. And if you'll position yourself to seek Him, if you'll position yourself to call on His name, He'll release His kingdom, His power in you, and He'll heal you of that father wound that you have. He'll heal you of the rejection of your mother. He'll heal you. He'll heal your marriage. He'll touch you. You'll never go back. I ain't ever going back. What is, what is there to go back to? It's just kind of like, what would we go back to, Pastor Karen? To, to what? Yeah, let's go back to beating ourselves. What? Why did we do that? Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Want to know you. Want to see your face. Want to hold your hand. Want to hear your voice. I need you, God. I need you. We need you. Give us eyes to see your glory. Give us ears to hear your voice. And give us a voice to declare your wonders. At my right hand, Psalm 16, there are pleasures forevermore. The epicenter of God's divine pleasure you have access to by the blood of Jesus. It's like an endless bank account that you could write a check on, but, but you're not writing the checks. You can cross over. You can enter on in. There's a place where the burden and the yoke will break. There's a place in God. There's a place of, of healing divine. There's a place of, of satisfaction. 
There's a place of fulfillment that can't come by any money. It doesn't come by any relationship except the relationship that you have with God. And God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And, and we, we're going to have that forever with Him in eternity. But God has left you and I here to be like a lightning rod, to be one who can bring heaven into the earth. But if you're polluting yourselves, and you continue to look out the window and look for the inferior pleasure, number one, you will never be satisfied, ever. It always falls short. It never brings fulfillment. It brings anxiety. It brings pain. It brings a curse upon you and your family. It brings death. Oh, but what Jesus has offered for us is to boldly come before His throne of grace and find help in, in time of need. That we can boldly come to talk with Him, to walk with Him. As sin entered into the world through the first Adam, it left through the last Adam, Jesus. Jesus came and took the sin of the world, past, present, and future, put it upon His own body on a cross. Died a cruel criminal's death. And three days later, in accordance with the scriptures, rose again with the keys of hell, death, and the grave. The kingdom of God is not some geographical place. The kingdom of God is released, and you enter on into it by receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Listen, you can live a life of no sin. Some of you looking at me like, oh, no, we're all sinners. You might be. I'm not. I don't, I'm not, do you sin sometimes? Yeah, I don't, not on purpose. Here, let, let me, let me, let me, let me exemplify. Play a little bit. Let me, let me give you a quick example. Focus here. Focus for me. Well, I'm not going to preach much longer. Look at me right here. Play a little bit, Hannah Bell. Right now. Right now. Look at me right now. Right now. Right now in this place, there's an anointing. The power of God is here. Right now, you're looking at me. Don't look at your phone. Put your phone up. Don't talk to your neighbor. Look at me right here. Are you online? Come on, focus on me. Focus. Are you sinning right now? No, you're not. No, you're not. I don't think. Some of you, there might be an exception. But mostly. No. No, you're not. Come on, just tell Jesus how much you love him. I love you, Jesus. Okay, and, and, and then in the moment you'd be like, yeah, but okay, shut that thing up. The overvoice is many times a demonic assignment. Or your soul, which you need to tell to shut up. Begin to renew your mind. I'm telling you, you can live a life of freedom. A life that's satisfied, profoundly satiated like Abraham. You can live in the supernatural realms of the kingdom of God. You can't. Some of you need to share. This is a word to some of you who are really in the midst of a conundrum. I mean, you're facing a real problem. Get in your closet. Shut up. Shut the door. And go after God. Is that too aggressive? Let me say it this way. Stop talking all the negative stuff. Silence your mouth. Get away from everybody. Instead of taking a hunting trip, how about take a God trip? And you can do both. There is a number of people that are facing some challenges today, right now. It's like impossible. 
There is nothing that's impossible with God. And if you will position yourself, shut the door. Don't light useless fires. It was a word to the priests. You all been lighting useless fires. Old Testament. And set your heart on fire before God. So for me, with these times where I've locked myself away, I'd pray and press in and then be distracted, feel like I'm hungry. Like, oh, no, no, no. God, come. God, come. Lord, I want you to come. I want you to invade. I want you to come and crash in and, and, and show me your glory. I want to experience your glory. I want to experience you. I want to know you. Not just on the, the pages of, of onion skin paper. I want to know you. I don't want to read from some other man's book. I want you to write upon the fleshly tablets of my heart. God, I want to know you. I want to experience you. I'm tired, Lord, of, 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 of false pleasure. I'm tired of things that don't satisfy. I want to know you. Would you come in fresh fire? Will you come in fresh anointing? Would you come with fresh power? Illuminate my heart, God. Help me. Help me. And then I'll, that's a sincere prayer, honestly. I mean, I'm praying. And then, you know, not to be like, oh, jeez, what time is it? You know, I mean, that's what your brain does. And you'd be like, oh, it's 7.31. I wonder how long he's going to preach for. And you're like, no, no, wait. It really doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter because I said I'm going to stay here until you come. God, I need you. I need you to manifest healing. I need you to manifest your power. Lord, I want to know you. Come, show me your glory. You know, only dead men see his glory. What do you mean by that? You've got to put to death your flesh, put to death your agenda. You've got to push some things aside. Or you can have just regular religion and stay into pornography if you want. You choose. You can, you can have regular, cute little religion and stay powerless and watch as hell turns. And you'll be able to give no excuse on the day when you stand before the Son of Man. You'll be able to give no excuse because there's no manipulating him in that hour. You can try to point to how you didn't have this, you didn't have that, but you just heard this message. So I'm telling you, what you're looking for is only found in God. And many times you don't have that because you don't do the spiritual violence of crucifying your own flesh and putting yourself in a position until he shows up. And listen, that can take three days. It might take a week. I don't know. It's, an, it's a posture of your heart. Did you get something? I think we called it stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. So when is the fight over? When you're dead or when he comes in and, and, and sucks us up off of this place? Twinkling black. When's that fight over? When do, I, when do I have to, when do I quit resisting? When you're done. You can make it. You can do it. You can overcome. You can, come on. Come on. Be, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You can live as an overcomer. We're preaching a series on it. Almost done with that. There's a life of the overcomer, but there's the power and the glory and the fire and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that He'll put upon your life that you can walk in this earth and not live a life of compromise and sin. Come on. You can live free. You can live on fire. Stand up all on your feet all across this place. Just lift your hands and call on his name.
take heart. For I know you're greater. For I know you're greater. Forever. Forever you are Savior. I will sing you praise. With all that I have, with all that I am, Lord. With all that I have, with all that I am, Lord. Scots, why don't you come up, please? Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Talk to him. Some of you are battling some things that you wouldn't battle if you just position your heart in a new way. Come on, you can't do the same thing and expect the same result. That's a definition of insanity. How about turn up the fire in your walk? How about get a little deeper in the word? How about close the door behind you and set a fire? Come on, how about press in and press through? Come on. God can do it. It's going to save your family. Going to going to heal your body. God's releasing His power, His kingdom. Come on. Come on. Come on, let's sing that again, Hannah.
You want to be used by God. You want to see His power manifested in your marriage, in your children, in your finances, in your church. But many aren't willing to pay the price. Great healing evangelist that I went to see many, many years ago had his hands raised, tears running down his face. And he says, oh, there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. I, I, I was a little cynical because of some of the abuses that took place through healing evangelists. And so in my mind, I thought, that's not even a scriptural thought, the price to pay. Jesus paid the price. How many of you know that's true? Yeah, then I grew up a little bit. Then I grew up and I realized, oh yeah, Jesus paid the price. And if I'll do my part, if I'll pay the price to the death of my own agenda, death of my flesh, and put aside inferior pleasures to, to encounter the superior ones, then I'll experience something maybe that somebody else never had and walk in a power and an anointing that, 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 that I've never walked in before. There, there, there's lots of people, this has been highlighted, I'm almost done. It's been highlighted over the past couple days. Lots of people have gifts. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Your gifts, they're, they're a gift. You can, have, you can have a gift and no anointing. Keep your gift. We need the anointing. We need the yoke-destroying power of God put on display in our homes, in hospitals. What do you mean by that? It's a, it, it, it doesn't matter what the gift is. It's if God, if God touches someone who's a novice, but his power's on them, then it doesn't matter. Noah was a novice. Many were novices in Scripture. In other words, they didn't know a whole lot. You don't have to know a whole lot. You can beat the fool out of the devil with Jesus wept. That would be the one Scripture you could memorize, and you can walk in victory. I'm telling you, there's power waiting for you. God wants all of creation groans in frustration to see the sons of God revealed. It's talking about walking in a power and a dimension of the kingdom. There's no money shortage. Yet at the same time, why is there a shortage of finances in so many churches? There is no money shortage in heaven. How many of you know he didn't run out of money? How many of you know there's an access to the throne that we've been given that oftentimes we don't take it? I mean, I'm preaching to myself tonight too. Would you commit in the closing moments right now? Commit yourself to press in. Quit belly aching. Get off of Facebook. Quit complaining. Press in. And you'll experience God in the way that you never have if, if you'll do your part, if you'll pay the price. He paid the price so that you can pay the price. He paid the price so that you can walk in power. But you have to do your part. you got to do the walking part. you gotta, you got to position yourself. Come on, just talk to Jesus. Come on, talk to him. God's releasing power, break 
This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I just got to the place. I couldn't take it anymore. And I've shut myself away and something happened. Something happened. A visitation. They talk about bright lights or angels or God talking to them. All of a sudden, the things of the world grew strangely dim. All of a sudden, things changed and, and something was placed on the inside of them. I've heard men of God talk about how they were handled these handled these pearls and these pearls went into them and then when they came out power of God healing miracle signs and wonders I mean they were different from the time they walked in the room at the time that they came out God has not abandoned you he wants you to let go of the things that don't satisfy and put yourself under the spout where the glory comes out and he will visit you and he will help you quit looking for a handout and put your hand in the hand of the man 
watch and see what it'll do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God and you're here in this congregation, never given your heart to Jesus, you want to do that for the first time tonight. Maybe you just want to recommit because you drifted. You know you've got compromise. You want to come home. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to just recommit because you drifted away. All across this place, those online, you say, that's me, Pastor. Would you raise your hand all across this place? Anybody in this house? God bless you. Thank you for your honesty, God. See that hand. See that hand. God bless you. See that hand. Anybody else? Raise your hand high, perhaps online. Pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. And to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. If you made a decision to live for Jesus, Pastor Vince, would you come here, Pastor Vince? This is our beloved Pastor Vince. And uh, he and a team, Minister Tammy and Others are a part of our team that help people get connected and grow in the things of God. So if you made a decision to give your heart to Jesus or recommit you, be sure to see him and he'll help you get connected. We're so glad that you come tonight. And if you don't have a home church, we'd love for you to make this place your home. I hope that I've put a few bullets in your magazine, spiritually speaking, that you could go now and maybe shut yourself in a place away with God where he'll begin to manifest his power in your life like you've never seen before. Go ahead, shut the door. I dare you. Take your next day off and see if you could just press in. Go, go for it. See what happens. He won't disappoint you. He wouldn't even know where to get it from. But you got to push past your flesh, push past your, your carnal mind. Let me bless you. Father, I thank you for your beautiful people. Come on, lift your voice and pray. Thank you for your beautiful people, God. Thank you for what you've done in their lives, what you're doing. We give you praise and glory. Bless your people, God. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen.